Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of If I Only Knew. My co-host extraordinaire, the one, the only, Matt. Welcome and how are you, buddy? G'day, friend. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Mate, some of our last episodes have been crackers. We're still getting fantastic feedback on our Pride episode, mm. fantastic feedback on our thoughts about the election. I wanted to throw a bit of a curveball in today, something that I, as a psychologist, uh, have found myself subject to, Matt. Right. Something that just makes no sense because I should be above all sorts of manipulation, <laughs> yet I'm not. Matt, today we're going to talk about the practice of doom scrolling. Doom, doom, doom. Right, right. So for our older listeners, Matt, can you define what doom scrolling is for us, please? Sure, sure. So it's a bit of like this colloquial term, right? And I think to me, at least it describes picking up your phone, maybe sitting down on the couch or sitting down on the train or whatever, and loading up a social media and just scrolling through like the worst kind of news, like earthquakes, wars, famines, uh, political unrest, all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of sucks you down this rabbit hole where you keep getting more and more of this bad news and you keep seeing it and you keep scrolling, right? So the idea is you're scrolling through all the doom that's happening in the world. That's how I've understand it, understood it, Fred. Is that what you're talking about? That is specifically right, Matt. Mm. Now tell me something. Mm. Why do you reckon people do it? Oh, look, it's, it's a big one because it's obviously so common that we made a word for it, which I think is hilarious. We're like, oh yeah, everyone's doing this, so we need to describe it somehow. Oh, doom scrolling, what a good word. And so I think that Look, it catches people because people love to know what's going on in the world. People try to be engaged. But I think that, like, it's really easy to get people to click on bad news, right? You see something bad, you see something terrible, and you're like, oh, I've got to find out more about that. How horrible. And so I think our brains are, like, wired to um, seek out, like, bad news or something. Is that right, Fred? Look, ultimately, you know, the human brain is a risk mitigation device. Right, right. Okay. There are arguments to say that it's probably 10 times more likely that you'll attune to things that you've got to protect yourself from Mm -hmm. rather than those things that are pleasant and delightful. Right. Okay. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't do a version of doom scrolling over cat videos, for example. Right. That's true. That does happen, doesn't it? Yeah. Good thought. Good thought. It does. And I don't know what we call that. (laughs) Uh, Is there a phrase for that? There's definitely not, but it'd be like happy scrolling. Wasting time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But one of the, the one of the human conditions is to be aware of risk and to protect against it. Um, and we don't have a problem making ourselves feel bad. It's harder making yourself feel good than it does mm. feeling bad. Right. But Matt, I want to ask, you're the tech guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I jump on and read an article about the Ukraine, mm. the next thing I'm going to get suggested for me on all of my socials is more articles about the Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? which really facilitate this concept of doom scrolling. For sure, for sure. Do you th- what came first, the chicken or the egg, do you reckon? Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, because these are the, the, the two key features as to why we doom scroll, right? You've talked a bit about the psychology and then there's the um, development side of things that says, well, our, our, our social medias have an algorithm that feed us more of what we interact with. So if our brain is hardwired to interact with negative content, then we're going to be getting more negative content because we interacted with them. That's just how the systems we've designed function. Um, which came first, though? That's that's super interesting. Look, I, I do think that um, it was maybe a happy accident or maybe a nefarious intention that recognised that, well, our 
uh, algorithms are going to want to feed people things that they interact with, right? That's just that's just like good design policy. If you want to keep people's attention, give them things that they want to see. How do you know what they want to see? Well, they want to see the things that they've already liked, that they've already interacted with. Um, it just so happens, perhaps it just so happens, um, that our psychology is wired such that the things we interact with are negative things, right? Um, now, I've, I've been a bit like tiptoeing around whether I want to assign responsibility to the designers of the these algorithms because I think that's a very difficult question. Um, did people know when they were designing these algorithms that they would tap into this kind of what I think could be quite a dangerous urge of people to focus on negativity? Now, obviously, I don't know whether they were aware of this plan, but I'm kind of inclined, despite being a cynical person, I'm kind of inclined to think that this is a little bit of an accident where they were like, well, the best way to keep people's engagement is to show them more of what they interact with. And it just so happens that people started interacting more with negative things. Now, maybe that's controversial. There's far more cynical people out there who say that, no, this was intentional. But for me, I wouldn't be surprised if you can have a well-curated algorithm that doesn't doom scroll for you, right? So I try very, very hard to get out of this void, Fred. So instead, I try to curate my algorithm with a bunch of things that I want to see, basketball, good news stories, that kind of stuff. And so I kind of think that because the algorithm can function in a way that isn't doom scrolly, that maybe the doom scrolling is just kind of an outgrowth of a general algorithm and this is maybe one of the negative consequences of that design choice well i, I have a take on this matt and mm. because i'm a research practitioner i did an experiment oh yes so i want to take you through the experiment Please. my initial theory is an algorithm is just an algorithm and the goal of the algorithm is to keep you on the app yeah right Okay, so that's my take yeah. on things. I don't believe an algorithm is good or bad. Cool. I think I largely agree with that, yeah. I think that the longer you're on the app, the longer you engage with advertisers, therefore it's a monetized app. Mm. The longer you're looking at one app, you're not looking at another, so on and so forth. That makes sense to me from a business perspective and a psychological perspective. Yeah. The other element to that is that because we are, your brain is a risk management tool, it's in my mind more likely that there are things that we would consider to be negative consequences or negative content, rather, there'd be more of that than the positive stuff. Right. Yeah. No basis for that, but just the fact that, you know, we're a little bit more attuned to risk mitigation than we are to promoting joy, mm. um, you might see some stuff. Mm. So, Matt, I did something with my algorithms on my socials that I thought would be really, really objective and help me understand what path the algorithm would take me down, mm. okay? So there's a lot of people in society that do the opposite of doom scrolling, and, and I'd like to call it just scrolling, but it's almost theme-based scrolling. Right. Okay. My theme of choice, Matt, was lawn-knowing video. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That, okay. that engaging and gripping kind of video there, Fred, yeah? There are a whole group of people listening now that have just <laughs> rolled their eyes at you, Matt, because there is a thing in, in uh, on uh, social media at the moment around ASMR. I don't know right, what that sure, speaks yeah. to, but it's a sensory kind of sure. use of video for sensory hmm. engagement. So I started with lawn mowing videos, and there's Tim the Lawn Mowing Man. If Tim, if you're out there and you're a listener, I want to get in contact with you because <laughs> you're a legend. What Tim does, Matt... Yeah. is he goes to these decrepit, overgrown oh, yeah. Australian lawns right. and for free he cleans them up. Right, right. Okay. 
Now, one day you're going to have a lawn of your own and you're going to understand lawn pride is... <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from, right. short or tall, we can all have lawn pride, you see. Some go a bit further with it than mm -hmm. others. But I started with those videos, which I found really remarkable. They're a bit of fun and sure. a bit interesting. And that led me down the path of garden tool videos, mm -hmm which led me down the path of, and these were all suggested to me, yeah. um, outdoor survival style videos. Oh, interesting. Which was kind of mm. cool. I thought that was all right. Mm. How to make a hut, how to craft a knife out right. of, you know, tin cans left by the side of a lake and those sorts of things. And then the conspiracy videos started. Right, right. So all of a sudden, I start with this pure Australian concept mm. about a man manicuring an overgrown lawn. <laughs> yep. And I get to effectively militia recruiting videos. Mm, right. And how, you know, white cisgendered Anglo men are, and I'm thinking, wow, this is fantastic. So I started again, Matt. Okay, yeah, yeah. More to the experiment. I love it. A couple I variables. Again, I started again. I started with the guys that shoe horses. Oh yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've, I'm guilty of watching one or two of those videos as well. Right. They are pretty satisfying, aren't they? Yeah. So I've watched these because what do I know about a horse? I'm not a cowboy. Yeah, right. Okay. And they are fascinating videos, and that leads you to people that look after other livestock, mm. people that do the hooves on cows and mm. bulls, which is very different to horses, by the way, <laughs> down to the guys that start doing maintenance on pigs, right. which is really fascinating. Then I get to literally through this scrolling, conspiracy theories on genetically modified food. Really? Oh. So Matt, my, my position here is that the algorithm itself mm. didn't keep me at one set of videos. Because mm, mm. all I'd have now on my stream would be men shoeing horses. Right. Yeah. But what it did was take a denominator out of those videos mm. and continue to feed content that was progressively more disturbing mm. than the previous stuff. And I'm, I'm of the belief that we are manipulated through doom scroll. Mm, right, right, yeah. I also noticed that the length and duration of the videos got longer. Mm. And I noticed that from the initial videos, which were largely just videos of action, a lawn mowing, mm. you start to get more dialogue as you go down the rabbit hole. Right. You're listening more. Mm. And I find it really fascinating that it, it didn't go the other way. I didn't go from horseshoeing videos right, yep. to great videos of thoroughbred horses. Yeah. Okay. One of the third things I tried, Matt, and I thought, let's see where this one goes. I started with basic pranks and jokes. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Within an hour, I have car crashes and fatalities. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I put that out there as a, as a really poor experiment. My hypothesis, I had no hypothesis in that. My only hypothesis would have been 
that the algorithm will want to keep you on the device longer. Yeah, right. Yeah. My alternate hypothesis is the algorithm has no intent and it's the human behavior that keeps you on the device. Mm. What I believe this very poor experiment demonstrated is it drags you down mm. a hole of quite deep, dark stuff. Right. Hence the concept of doom scrolling. Yeah. Nobody jumped on when I started with lawn mowing to get me to conspiracy theories about governments. Mm. When I looked at things like horses, I didn't want to talk about genetically modified food. <laughs> yeah, right. And when I looked at, you know, the pranks that the boys from Johnny Knoxville and his friends do, I never wanted to see people get hit by cars, but that's where I got to. Mm. Matt, what's your take on that? You're the tech guy. Are they doing it to us on purpose? That's so interesting, Fred. I, I, I love the the kind of three points of information. How interesting is that? Um, and look, I think you're absolutely right that it does speak to maybe how we get down the rabbit hole of, of doing something. I like this idea that no one intends to start with all this horrible news. Most of the time, I don't pick up my phone and go, I want to hear about the suffering of my fellow man, right? But then we get there pretty quickly. Um Look, from a tech side of it, I don't have too much to say because I didn't write these algorithms. But there's kind of two thoughts for me there. One of them is that it makes good sense to me that they're trying to transition you to different kinds of maybe somewhat similar videos because that's a way to keep your attention. There's only so many videos of a lawn being mowed that I suspect even you could watch, Fred, right? Um, there's only so many videos of, of a basketball three-point shot contest that I can watch, right? Um but maybe I want to see some layups next. Maybe I want to see some good defense next, right? So, so it makes sense to me that the algorithm is trying to sh shift you to similar but different um, kinds of content. Now, that, that seems like it would be a good way to keep your attention. My other thought, and look, I don't, I, I don't want to shift responsibility away from the design of these, of these algorithms, right? Because people, like these systems are made by people and we need to be aware of that and there needs to be some element of responsibility there. Nonetheless, I wonder whether the processes that you've described to me are learnt processes from the algorithms that have worked out that this is what other people have done when no, we yeah. suggest videos in. So, so maybe the first iterations of, of this years ago, Fred, would have shown you a much wider variety of videos, right? They would have sponsored or, or, or proposed um, or recommended different videos to you um, of a much wider variety. And then as as hundreds of thousands of iterations of this process were done, the algorithm realized that the most effective videos to keep you on the platform were these ones that tended toward the extreme, right? And so because other people have been engaged by them, perhaps now it's got itself into a, a process whereby that's the, the thing that it offers to you in the first place. It's the only option it gives to you. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. That's completely speculation. And I don't want to take responsibility away from the people who designed these things. But that's maybe something that I might uh, suggest is why that was your experience there. I, I believe that the metadata that you're talking about absolutely has to play a part. Mm. And I think that's how it, this kind of engagement with social media can lead a whole heap of people, a whole group of people within theory, no direct link to uh, a group conclusion, as we saw with the January 6th right, yeah. incursion into the capital, a whole heap of people with different interests, but maybe some common ground that all got led to the same content, which led to a certain social action. There is one, there's, there's something that I find quite insidious about it, Matt. 
uh, and this is from a purely psychological perspective, the videos that are available to you mm. also get interspersed with other videos of interest that seem to be completely unrelated. Right. But I did, a, I sort of tracked some stuff because I was fascinated by this. And again, guys, I'm not talking about a university <laughs> double blind experiment. That's where we would take it next. I'm yeah. sure that work's been done. But for all of these increasingly dark or disturbing thoughts that the videos were putting up, they were interspersed with things like lots of videos about cooking. Right. And I found that really perverse because there's a biological determinant around food and eating. Right. So it's almost like mixing um, or associating or reinforcing deeper images around very base human needs. Right, right. And if I extrapolated that out, it's why people got increasingly more concerned about violence and pornography being coupled together because... Mm you tend to then reinforce um, certain behaviours because of others. You start to associate food with, hmm. you know, bunkers and knives and guns and whatever else. It's a bizarre kind of relationship, hmm. but I don't believe that it's by chance. Hmm. That's really interesting, Fred. I wonder if that speaks a tiny bit to what I was suggesting of them wanting to give you similar but different content. I wonder what would have happened if you'd pursued the food line of videos down like four or five or six videos. Perhaps their algorithm is giving you a variety of different options for you to like take different paths but keep your attention. But I had never thought about this idea of maybe there is this kind of um, consequence of offering these things together. Right. That's really interesting. Well, I, I certainly believe from my perspective that I, I, I took it as quite insidious. I'm not a negative person mm. by, by mm. nature. People that listen to this podcast know that. I would say that the takeout for me was to understand that nothing is as pure as it seems. Right, yeah. That there is a manipulation, even if it's being triggered by metadata. Mm. And that doom scrolling isn't news. Yeah. That's the key thing. It's not news and the deeper you go the darker it gets so my advice to everybody and i deal with a lot of people clinically that suffer from uh, and have to manage and negotiate various forms of anxieties and depression is to remember that your socials are being tinkered with right yeah that they may be leading you down a path that others want mm. um i don't know the remedy around it, Matt, because it used to be back in the day you clear the cache and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Content. I think socials are a bit smarter than That's that. Right, Maybe yeah. you've got to delete them and start again or new usernames <laughs> and passwords from time to time. But I think ultimately look at them with a degree of skepticism mm, mm, because mm. for every video you see, there is millions of hours of content that we yeah, don't. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, it's skewed towards... Um, those things that are directed at that risk mitigation part of our brain rather than the pleasure centres of our brain, mm. although there's mm. a certain interaction between the two anyway. Yeah. So, Matt, that's what I learned about the internet this that's week. That's very interesting. That when you were 16. No, but, no. Uh, look, I loved your experimental process. That's very curious. I, I may, I'm tempted to maybe make a fresh um, social media account now and try something like that. Mm. I think my takeaway is that 
these these social media platforms are like I think of them as machines, right? They're not like they're not blank slates. They're things that function for a reason. And yeah. as an intelligent consumer, I can recognize the way they function and input what I want in the machine, so the machine outputs what I want, right? Um, and so that's the way that I try to take back some control from this process. If I'm like, oh, I see my algorithm is shifting in a way that I don't want it to, well, I'm going to stop. Like I'm going to intentionally scroll past a few of these things that I don't want to see. Even if like, you know, maybe there's a part of me that wants to watch them or whatever. I'm like, I don't want that on my algorithm. This is a machine that will listen to my inputs regardless of my intent. And so I try to move past it. But that's a really interesting take on it, yeah. I think that's really good advice, Matt. If the, in the event that you start seeing your algorithm go down a deep, dark hole, search how to bake bread or... Yes, yes, exactly. You know, um, and, and change the algorithm... What a fantastic episode. Thanks for hearing me out on that one, buddy. I think there's a lot to play with around that concept. And as a psychologist, you know, I'm always looking for spiders in the cracks yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, listeners, thank you for your time. Another great episode. One of the many available to you if you like and subscribe, if I only knew. Mm. Uh, Matt and I have some really good guests coming up across the next couple of weeks. We certainly want to delve into the idea of a new government and the equity available for people with disability. And we'll have a special guest to talk to us about that next week. Um, But if there's stuff that you want to hear about, when you like and subscribe, leave a comment, tell your friends and tell us what you want to hear because we'll talk about everything and anything, won't we, Matt? Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you again, listeners, for this week's If I Only Knew. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song, with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can, through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.